you're probably going to hear me talk about this a bunch of times. In fact, to be fair, you've probably heard me talk about this a bunch of times. But let me say it anyway, because uh, then we'll get it out of the way. The elephant in the room. Oh, I have a story about that I should tell you someday. Complicated problems often require complicated solutions. Hey everybody, Todd Conklin, Pre-Accident Investigation Podcast. How are you? I hope you're good. I hope all is well in Weldom. That's what I hope. So, so things are good here. It's um, it's a great time to be alive. That's all I'm going to tell you. I mean, we've certainly been through some crap, and there's more crap to come, but I'm really trying to uh, help people understand that if we don't have some kind of positive confidence in the future, it's going to suck. I mean, really suck. So we might as well positively view the future and really choose ultimately to move in a direction that creates improvement. You know, I don't have to talk you into that, but I definitely have to talk other people into it kind of a lot because it's easy to watch stuff on television or to pay attention to the news or to look at borders anywhere in the world and just get really depressed. But and, and there's depressing things going on. There's no problem. I mean, that's true. That is completely true. I'm not saying that the world is a happy place. It's not. It's a complex place. It's a complicated place. It's a it's a wicked place. But you and the energy you put in the world influences how the world is. And if you want different answers, you got to ask different questions. If you want different outcomes, you got to do different things. You know, I don't want to sound preachy, but um, I think it's important for me to say that out loud. If for no other reason than I just had to hear myself say it. So sorry I drug you in on that, but uh, that is the way things go. So today is a great day because, um, you know, it, it's it's getting warmer every day, at least in North America. And that's a plus. And uh, it's exciting because you can do stuff like use your outdoor TV and hang out and take longer. And the light stays lighter, lighter, longer longer, lighter, and you can do fun things. And there's all sorts of exciting things in your future, vacations and fishing trips and holiday time with family. I mean, all that stuff's coming up. So that'll be good. I mean, that's the see. There we go. I proved my point. The future looks pretty bright. And we still are going to have our jobs because they're not going to go away. That's for sure. In fact, it's uh, it's crazy right now busier than ever at least i am and i'm trying not to be but you've heard me say this before uh, i'm trying to like kind of lay low um because laying low seems very attractive to me but i'm not doing a very good job at laying low as as much as i want to be the guy that lays low i'm not that guy i am just not that guy so there we go we've got a big trip scheduled in fact um i go for a quick little jaunt uh, abroad. That's how we say it. So that'll be interesting. And I'll have lots of stories, I'm sure, because there'll be interesting things going on. And uh, that means I'm going to leave sweet, sweet Santa Fe without me for a couple weeks. But I hope it makes it. I mean, I, f I feel like it'll make it. I, f I feel like Santa Fe will make it. I think I'll miss it. So that's the point that's most interesting to me. 
So we should go on and sort of have a discussion because I've been thinking about a, a lot of things and I wanted to sort of share with you what is perhaps the most controversial thing I talk about. It is the thing that when I've talked about it, I've had people follow me outside and attack me on what I said. I mean, not attack me. I mean, they didn't hit me, but they got really angry and yelled at me. And one time a person cried. They were really upset. Um, and, you know, they were just emotional about what I had said. And, and what I'd said, which between you and I, I'm not, I'm not really certain why this is so controversial, but it is, is that root cause analysis is really not a terribly effective tool in learning about complex adaptive systems. And the reason I say root cause analysis is not a terribly effective tool when learning about complex adaptive systems is because root cause analysis is not a terribly effective tool when learning about complex adaptive systems. Root cause analysis meets this really interesting paradigm. And we'll talk about it a bunch because I have to. That's why we're having this conversation. But one of the things that's interesting is we tend to look at really wicked problems, really complex problems or complicated problems, and, and they're different, and we understand that difference. We tend to look at big problems and seek simple solutions. And I'm not sure that's bad. I don't say that in a way that's damning to all humankind or to all organizational leaders or to us. I mean, I think that's kind of a natural instinct. Let's look for the easiest, quickest thing to fix. And then let's fix it. And then the problem will go away. And then we won't have the problem anymore. And that is interesting because I think the perception around root cause is that we're actually looking for the very core component, the most important thing that is actually in the problem. And we're removing the very reason why that problem exists. And that's good. I mean, nobody's going to argue with that. The problem is, is that's, that's not really how root cause applies itself when used organizationally. And, and it's because of the something that's affectionately known in academic terms as the fallacy of monocausality, which if you ever want to impress people at a party, just drop that in, you know, blah, 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 fallacy of monocausality, blah, 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 and you sound smart, right? Ultimately, that is that there's one cause, and that one cause is the problem. And there, therefore, if we fix that one cause, then the problem goes away and everything is perfect. And the world is wonderful and the air smells like chocolate chip cookies and you feel warm and fuzzy and life goes on and the problem will never happen again. Well, there's a reason they call that the fallacy of monocausality. And that is in most complex systems, systems that involve people, and technology, and that's pretty much your entire organization, there is no one reason why an event happened. That's just not true. And it has a lot to do with the fact that cause, which is a really super hard word to define. I mean, I defy you to look up a definition for cause that doesn't have the word cause in it. It's really hard. And you know, you can't define a term by the term. You can't use the term to define the term. That is illegal. That's, that's, you're going to get sent to jail. The challenge is, is that we really want this causal relationship because that makes the world really clean. It makes the world really clear and it makes the world predictive and manageable. 
But yet, we live in a world where we don't have the luxury of that single cause and that single cause creating some kind of ultimate reality and solution. It just doesn't work that way. And so root cause, which I I would suggest has its place, it's very good in mechanistic systems, in mechanical systems, root cause makes sense because there probably is one thing that broke. But in these more complex systems, it kind of sends the wrong message. And we use the language all the time. I mean, we've built an entire culture in our organizations around this notion of root cause analysis. And, And people use that language. I hear it all the time. And ultimately what it does is it sends this signal that there's one simple thing we can fix that will take care of this very complex problem. There's one easy thing we can fix that will remove this difficult problem. And that's just not the case. It's never the case. And so now we're in a position where what we want to do is help people move away from the notion that there's a way to simplify the problem to its core component, its root cause, and therefore if we simplify the problem to its core component and fix that problem, then the problem will go away. And and really solutions like that are always going to be in the eye of the beholder because you're going to be biased when you do the solution search by what you find. And so if you find that a worker didn't follow procedures – Well, the root cause must be failure to follow procedure. And so let's reinforce procedural use and adherence. And let's make it a a, a life-saving rule. And therefore, the problem now has gone away. And yet, all the conditions that had to exist to create the environment in which the failure could be successful are still in that system because our root cause analysis chose to look at worker behavior, worker obedience, failure to follow procedure, and we chose to determine that as the simple solution for the difficult problem, and therefore we're going to reinforce that simple solution and not fix the difficult problem. With me so far? I mean, let me check in. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the overview of what we look at. And where this takes us, I mean, this, this, I think if you had this conversation a long time, it would make the future look depressing. That, that's kind of why I started with, you know, how you choose to see the future is going to color the future you discover. And so if you choose this belief that things are going to get better and we're going to improve and we're going to constantly strive deliberately to improve, then you're going to get better. And one of the ways you do that is by really looking carefully at how your organization itself does its analysis, does its learning, and not be satisfied with simple solutions. Because simple solutions, although they're attractive, I'm as lazy as the next guy and probably lazier than lots of people. Simple solutions are attractive because they're fast, they're cheap, they're accurate. We can do it immediately. We can close it out, which has got a ton of power. It makes a huge difference. It, it changes everything. The problem is, is it doesn't fix the problem. And so now the good news is, is that we have to make sure that our analysis actually provides an equal level of complexity to the problem that we're trying to solve. Now, 
that's not equal like one to one, but it really does sort of support the idea that complex problems often will have complex solutions. And that if we stop at the very first thing we find and call that the root cause, then we can't really be surprised if it doesn't fix the problem. Does that make sense? Because I've said it for years. We have a really good corrective action program. It's really good. I mean, and we're super disciplined to it. And it looks good, and it's easy to use, and it's easy to follow, and it tracks things, and it holds organizations accountable to closing out issues. And we fix the wrong things really effectively. Well, why do we do that? Well, it has a lot to do with the fact that we chose the wrong things to fix. And so no matter how good your tracking and closeout system is, it's not going to compensate for a really, really poor level of analysis. Analysis itself brings on some really interesting, and I kind of think exciting opportunities. And one of the watchwords is, and, and it's really true, is if the problem looks pretty expansive, then the cause should look pretty expansive. If the problem looks pretty complex, then the cause is probably going to be many complex conditions, right? And that's that equal to part of the equation that we need to be thinking about. And this is really important for us to talk about, but it kind of throws a kink into things like pull-down menus and cause codes and ways that we've built to track actions and track causes throughout our entire organization, especially if you guys are a big organization, have a big fat global footprint, you've probably got this pull down menu thing where you can pull down these cause codes. We do that so we can track them. But what it does is it pushes us into that simplification because that's what that is. If they give you a choice of a menu of choices, what they've done is simplify the process so that it's easy to track, which means now you're going to be forced to find the pull-down menu item that is most likely the closest one to what actually happened. So you're going to choose the lesser of many evils, and then the whole organization is going to be really surprised when the event or an event like it happens again. Well, it's not a surprise, Pumpkins. It's just a function of the very system we have. It's a function of this idea that there must be a simple way to look at a difficult problem. And there's just not. And that's how it works. However, technology is changing. And say what you want to about AI, and there's much to say about it. It's kind of freaky to me. I mean, it's sort of scary to me, especially as I start seeing more and more AI that looks real. But what it's going to do is allow us to give more complete, condition-rich, context-rich answers in our analysis and then track and trend those throughout our organization's footprint. We can now do things like searchable databases, and we can actually do a narrative input. So you could actually write 
the very, very difficult causal statement with many different conditions, this very, very detailed, context-rich cause into your system, and your system has the ability, because it's so much smarter than it used to be, to actually figure out what that means. And I actually think that's encouraging. I don't know who's doing that. I mean, I don't have anybody to tell you or even to point you to. I do know some organizations do have searchable narrative screens in their corrective action program now so they can actually put in more detailed information. And that's how it has to go. Because the challenge is, is if we're going to get effective at fixing problems, then first we must get really effective at analyzing problems and really, really effective at determining what is creating the conditions that in fact cause the problems. And it's not going to be as simple as worker didn't follow procedure. Because worker didn't follow procedure, that's a counterfactual statement. You're talking about something that didn't happen. But I would actually suggest that's the beginning of your analysis, not the end of your analysis. So if you come up with the phrase worker didn't follow procedure, the next question, I mean, the next question that just blows out of your mind is, well, what were they doing instead of following the procedure? And how they get into a position where not following the procedure made sense? And how often do they not follow that procedure? And those questions, Hmm. there you go. Those questions actually provide an opportunity for us to get better and to learn. Really difficult problems are going to have really detailed solutions. That's what you want to test. And so if you're looking for things to monitor, I'm not sure you can measure this, but if you're looking for things to monitor, if you're looking at the effectiveness of your corrective action program, It's not just going to be how many corrective actions you've closed out, although that's important. I'm not going to downplay that. That makes a big difference. You're going to look at how many corrective actions you've closed out, and in fact, the work has gotten better. Because remember, safety's job is to actually make work go better. That's what we do. That's what we have done for years. And that's what we should talk about is our job, our analysis of this. Oh, yeah, it's going to be detailed. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of information. Oh, yeah, it's going to take some time in. Oh, yeah, it's probably going to bring to the management table some things you don't want to talk about. There are other things we have to fix to make this problem go away other than just asking workers to be more obedient and to follow the procedure, you know, which is just an example I'm using. I mean, I could think of – From my own life, I can think of about a million examples of when we've settled on a cause that everybody in the room pretty much knew was not the right cause, but it was so easy to fix and close out, and it felt like we were doing something, and it made the regulator happy that we went with it, fully knowing that we left all the components in the system for the failure to happen again. That's kind of the journey. And that's a pretty important journey, and we're all on it. So, therefore, if we're on it, we're going to have to deal with it. And that dealing with it really starts with the idea that we have to help change the paradigm of how we fix problems. We're going to bring that paradigm closer into the alignment of how you fix problems in your real life. Because you know in your real life that if it's a big problem, there's going to be a big solution. Right? You just know that. 
And so in the workplace, we're smart enough to carry that through. If it's a big work problem, we're going to have to fix a lot of things, not just one thing, even though one thing is so seductive and it's so romantic and it's so easy. Tell me what to fix and I'll fix it. I'll make it go away. So that's the pod. I love these summer pods. I don't know why I like them. Well, one is because um, I get a chance to chat with you, and I always think that's really valuable. And two is there's um, there's lots of things we can share, and these are things we've talked about before for sure. I'm not sure how detailed we've talked about this topic because I tend to stay away from root cause because it makes people so angry at me. I mean, they can, it really is kind of an anger-creating environment. But, I mean, every time I go into the field – and help organizations, I always have to start with the fact that the causal code, the thing they're fixing, doesn't seem to actually address the problem. It's, it's, it's not the right thing. It's, it's, it's not what needs to be fixed. And that conversation sometimes is a little awkward and a little difficult because they're super proud of the fact that, well, you know, we fixed that. We, we got that fixed. And you want to say, but yeah, but that's the beginning of the corrective action journey, not the end of the corrective. There's tons more stuff. Look at this. Look at that. I mean, just ask those deeper questions. Don't stop with uh, some kind of counterfactual. Don't stop with what didn't happen. Drill down until you talk about what did happen. And ultimately remember, because I think it's worth remembering, that if it's going to be a difficult problem, it's going to be a pretty difficult solution. If it's a really complex problem, it's probably going to be a really complex solution. If it's a sticky problem, it's going to have a sticky solution. That's just how it is. And it's not bad. No, it's not bad. It's not good, but it's not bad. It's just the way it is. And kind of what I think, and I could be wrong on this. You need to tell me. I think it helps us because it tells us this problem is going to take a little longer. This problem is going to take a little more thought. This problem is going to be a little more fun to think about. And if it's more fun to think about, well, then you're doing it right. I mean, that's really a cool thing to do. And that makes the ultimate difference. And isn't that why we're here? I think so. I don't know. I don't know about you. What do you want to hear from here on out? Tell me if you've got suggestions or ideas for the podcast. And I, I get them a lot, actually, um, which is really helpful. Just send them. Send them away. I'm, I'm more than happy to take them from you and move in a great direction, in whatever direction we need to move in, that would make a huge difference. I'm, I'm pretty curious kind of where the pulse is right now. And I've been out a little bit, so I think I know more than I knew during the pandemic, for sure. But it's interesting to kind of see the direction everything's moving. Uh, and, and it is move. I mean, it's crazy how much altitude these human performance ideas have caught and how pretty much when you talk to people about safety, they're talking about these human conditions. And that's actually super encouraging. I mean, I think that makes a huge difference and it, it, it is making a huge difference and that's exciting as well, but stay in tune, tell your friends, pass the podcast around. I don't know if this one's pass aroundable, but many of them are, there's just been some great ones and there's really good ones coming up too. enjoy what's happening. And for the most part, just keep, pushing towards improvement just keep making the world a better place get caught trying to make it better which i put at the top of every podcast description because that's the one thing i try to think about get caught 
actually doing it right because that makes it pretty easy and pretty important. Until then, learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other. Check in on one another. Be well. And for goodness sakes, be safe.